0: Mate, are you okay? Oh. You look sad. Oh, hey, Mike. No, 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 that's sad.
1: I was just taking a break from my run. So, road's out.
0: Yeah, road's out, but no worries. Grapple point.
1: Oh, grapple see? point.
2: Oh, I'll just grapple. I'll grapple it. Yeah, just
0: grapple with a grappling
2: hook. Oh, yeah, I'll just grapple that fucker with my grappling hook. Yeah, no
0: worries. Just grapple that fucker. I'll
2: just grapple that fucker.
0: Yeah, good. All right. Well. It's a lot oh, it's a lot
2: Hello there, and welcome to episode 63 of the Video Game Podcast PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Aerith to my Tifa, John. John, I think we can pat ourselves on the back. Because last week, we called the rumored state of play perfectly.
0: Yeah, pat yourself a little harder than pat me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have even brought that as a topic oh. uh, had it not been for you. So okay. I'll reach across this table and give you one, Nick. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it.
2: Because as we'll get into it, it is, of course, one of the one things. Not le- Less than 24 hours later from our, uh, our releasing of episode 62... Sony announced the state of play, and feels good. You guys should have, you guys
0: should have been there. I you know when this got announced, I, Nick, you know, I could see that smirk. I could see it was. Uh, I'm. Oh yeah, I fucking got it. I nailed yeah. it. I Oh, I'm so smart. I'm such a smart boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and if you listen to us, you know we're pretty. We've been pretty good. We're pretty on top of the PlayStation stuff, especially. You know, so this is not nothing new to our normal listeners. But if you're just listening now, just to get our thoughts on the state of play, you know, come back because you know. Like I said, we're we're very good. We're up we're up on you know the happenings of PlayStation, especially and the video haps, games. as
0: the cool kids say.
2: Is that what they say?
0: No, I have no okay. idea. I have no idea. All I know is, you're the one with a child. All so I know. am going to refer to you. If my six and a half year old is starting to bring home like what's cool, and I, <laughs> I I worry for our future. No, the only thing I know is that no cap means um, I'm not lying. Okay, that's the only the new cool term that I could I could give you. So, all right.
2: Well, let's get into it because I really want to get into that state of play. So this is how the show works. John and I both bring up to three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be a news item. It can be a conference, as we're going to have two of those to talk about. Or it can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com if you want to submit a question for us to answer. Or you can reach out to us on our Twitter account, at PSPalsPod. Follow us there if you want to get updates on the show. And then finally, YouTube comments on our YouTube page at PlayStation Pals. Any of those things we feel like bringing it, we talk about it. And today we have four things for you. So, again, state of play. We talked about it last week. And, of course, you know, the next day, the on the 12th, it was announced to be on the 13th. Like, the, that's the, how quick the turnaround is on these things. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really glad we touched on it because we wouldn't even be able to react. We wouldn't right. even been able to do predictions or anything like that and sure enough just as we mentioned on the show this is a repeat of last year where a state of play and a Nintendo Direct went head-to-head with each other so and I got my dates wrong it was 13th that it was announced what was it All
0: right, who
1: cares
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> who cares <laughs> we pu- we pu- I'm getting the dates wrong because we record on a different day than we published yeah. so yeah it was, uh, it was it was on the 12th that we released the episode, the thirteenth, it was announced. The fourteenth, the state of yep. play occurred. So, um. yeah,
0: I hope this is a regularly occurring uh, programming for Nintendo and Sony. Going <laughs> every year, I'm, you know, it every be September, m- micro, micro, mini, mini E3. You know, you get a little, a little head to head battle. I like it.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they. Do this?
0: <laughs> I think it's probably just an overarching business thing where it's like, hey, we're heading into this quarter. We got to get some announcements out for this. You know, I think the third third or fourth quarter. But do you think starts- the short
2: turnaround is just to manage expectations? Like you can't even, like I said, you can't even react. It's not like you can, you know, if they announced this three weeks ago, you can be like, you know, yes. the rumors of, oh, is Grand Theft Auto 6 going to be there? Is Wolverine going to be there? They start, they start bubbling up. It's like, no, this is here and it's out. And the yeah. Internet discourse kind of just. Is talking about the thing not what they their expectations of the thing will be so i wonder if that yeah you don't you don't want to do. give
0: gamers breathing room you know you want to <laughs> you want to make sure that everybody can kind of you, you get your information out there and then you show them because you know you you give space in between they're going to pontificate and you know and get their hype levels up and it's just <laughs> never good for anybody and you know because these companies can even communicate as clearly as possible like sony did this time It'd be like we're gonna have third parties and indie stuff and then yep. you go into the chats and it's just like bloodborne 2 <laughs> uh, uh, oh what's gonna be here and the next thing from sucker punch it's like no guys just listen just just read these guys are trying to tell you what they're gonna show you and just people somehow sometimes don't care <laughs> right. so yes i think it's very calculated and a good call to just announce it put it out yeah for sure
2: yeah and i'm glad you mentioned the messaging because that was also a weird thing because yeah, they mentioned that it's going to be focused on indie and third-party titles. That was the initial announcement. And then leading, like, right up into, right, like, within an hour of it, they said, you know, "Say to Play returns a day with upcoming releases and a new slice of Helldivers 2 gameplay. And it was like, what? That that's second party. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And then we'll get into the announcements. Well, there was more than that. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But um, what we're going to do here is we're going to cover each individual announcement for this, because I think. There was a lot of good stuff in here, Mm -hmm. as we'll get into, and then we can give our overall review of it. Uh, So, uh, John, I'll I'll let you take the lead on the first game. Do you want to explain (laughs) baby steps? Oh, yeah, baby
0: steps. (laughs) Sure. So uh, a game a couple years ago kind of took the internet by storm. It's called Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. And I think people... Uh, would recognize this game if they've seen it, where you're kind of this dude in a little cauldron, I think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with a hammer, and you kind of use it in a swinging motion to propel yourself upwards, and it's meant to be one of those f- fucky physics games. You know, Think of Q-Wop, I feel like was the first one of these, um, where part of the uh, enjoyment, quote-unquote, is the frustration, I think, that comes with just basic movement. So you start off as this guy... Uh, the trailer started off with him face down in the mud. He spits out the mud and he starts walking and you can tell immediately, (laughs) immediately that that's what this game is, right? He's he's, the legs are moving very weirdly Yeah, independently. (laughs) His body looks off balance. Um, You know, obviously that's what this game is. He's trying to climb this little small hill, slides down a couple different times. He sees a path over to the other side and and gets up that way. But, um, you know, and then, and then comes across a player and there's a, very silly interaction that you may or may not have heard at the start of this podcast. <laughs> oh, you've heard uh, it between between some people, and to really give you the sense of what this game is. But it's going to be one of those type of um, uh, frustration-inducing games that you're either into or you're not. Um, yeah. I worry that my son is going to want to
2: play <laughs> this. I like them leading with this because it was the right amount of silly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Um, <laughs> Kept expectations it made, for yeah, being it made it really. made me giggle. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's on my radar at very at the very least.
0: Well, it was interesting because I was like, "What is this?" Because it it honestly looks gross. Like the graphics aren't good. Like it's, but I think again, intentionally so. So I'm like. Is this a ps5 game what are we starting with guys like if this is what you wanted to open the show with it did get me a little nervous but then once i saw you know kind of the direction and, and vibe of the trailer I, I definitely became more on board with it as well and, and thought it was just okay guys like here's some here's gonna be, gonna be smaller games today which you know may not be the case at the end of this conversation but um yeah I, I didn't i did not hate baby steps i don't know if i'll check it out it's to me it seems like a perfect extra game though I don't know if I'd want to pay money for this.
2: <laughs> um, and now my name, her name's going to escape me. Who was the lady presenting during the whole thing? I don't I. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, uh, Miss. Yeah, they're, they, it's kind of a new face, and I don't know if she's been the voice that's been going over them because the state of place have had a kind of a, just like the Nintendo Directs, have had a disembodied voice talking over them. But this one they actually showed the lady, and she was kind of um, our little, you know, narrator through this whole thing, kind of a presenter that would sneak in and kind of just say a few lines. And I, I thought that was a nice touch to have a human face in a state of play. I like Instead of just, you know, trailer after trailer after trailer, uh, cut between, you know, weird images of PlayStation buttons and other stuff. But, uh I don't know, we'll get her name and I'll have it in the notes. Um, I think it's
0: Sean Benson.
2: Okay, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, global head of third-party portfolio. Okay, yep, yep,
2: yep. so... So, it did cut to her, and then we got a few announcements, and I don't think, John, stop me if you want to touch on these. Mm -hmm. We got Roblox is coming to PS4 on uh, October 10th, and then we got Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord coming October 26th for VR. Okay. And then we got more Resident Evil 4 VR, another trailer for that. Uh, No date for that, it's just coming this winter as a free update, which which is very nice. What did you think of that, Johnny?
0: Um, That might be the game that gets me to buy a VR 2. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, I love 4. And just playing that game, playing through that game again in VR seems like a lot of fun. There's a weird positive side of it, I think, knowing that it's a game I've already experienced where I can go through, especially when something like as nerve-wracking as playing through an re game re7 to this day is probably the scariest thing i've ever done in my life would play that game on vr <laughs> um so it's nice knowing that it's a game i'm familiar with it looks clean it looks crispy it looks like it's doing um, a little bit of chains ups change ups here and there to accommodate the vr and um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it and i imagine knowing capcom they'll probably just either a small upgrade fee for if you own the game or it might who knows, it might even be free if you have it i'm not sure but um yeah it looks dope looks good
2: yeah, and again, yeah, we've seen it before, and I think everything in this is, I think they've said as much we've, we've seen before. So there's no surprise announcements here, but... Uh, Ooh, uh, <laughs> that's
1: okay.
2: Then we also got a DLC announcement for Resident Evil 4. The DS- DLC is called Separate Ways, in fact was featured in the PS2 version of RE4 when it released, you know, 20 years ago. But it uh, costs 10 bucks. It's out immediately uh, September 21st. And it also is accompanied by a free update to the mercenaries mode. on the same day, Ada and Wesker will be coming to that. Any interest in playing that at
0: all? Not really. <laughs> I um didn't play it for the original version. um I don't not so she doesn't need any more hatred, but the voice actress for Ada is very uninspiring. Yeah. um so to have her. Go through the whole game would would probably get a little old towards the end of it. And it's probably I'm sure it's a short experience. Being ten bucks, I would expect three hours. Maybe. But don't you
2: want to grapple that fucker? <laughs> grapple you grapple that fucker. I mean though, that
0: was for that was for for baby steps. Right? Yeah, but uh, you Ada you Ada also has a grappling hook. Oh, no, I didn't I didn't <laughs> notice that. Yeah, I mean grappling hooks are always good, but no, I I I just don't really dig DLC, man. Like it's, I know. it's a weird thing. So I know. No, I I will probably not be checking that out.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, me neither. Uh, no interest. I here. have your copy. Um, yeah. Well, even even if I wanted to, yep. I don't. I don't feel the need to play that. So, and then the next we got another trailer for Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora, still coming December seventh, twenty twenty three. Um, again, Avatar meets Far Cry, yep. and it looks pretty good, actually.
0: I am confused by what my brain is wanting to do with this <laughs> game. Um, you know, I don't like Ubisoft games that much. I dabble with them. I'll check them out. Far Cry's fun, but it's basic. But this game looks next-gen as shit graphically. Um, I think Avatar is weirdly a pretty decent IP to to integrate into a video game space. You have these creatures that are stronger, bigger, and faster than humans, so you can do mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff. Then, obviously, your character is this hybrid sort of thing where like you you have some human ties so like you're gonna be using guns you're gonna be doing the far cry stuff but you know showing off the different um mounts that you can fly ride yeah world's beautiful um, yeah, there's some it really could nice be shots. just a it could be a very you know i don't think it's it's definitely not going to compete on a game of the year territory it's not going to blow us away narratively i don't think but just on a base like open world um comfort food level i think this could be could be a surprise hit for a lot of people
2: yeah yeah, and again, yeah,
0: it's and it'll be twenty five dollars <laughs> two months after it comes out because that's what Ubisoft games do. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it has kind of all of December to itself, so it's you know if if everyone's caught up with all of the games that have come out previously, you know they can they can play this, <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, it it went from I'm a, a definite pass to a I might check this out at a deal a discount kind of thing. Yeah, I'm
2: thinking I think it, our rule applies right if it gets an eighty and above, I think yeah. I think I might check it out too, sure. but maybe just not at release. And then next up, uh, we got another trailer for Ghost Runner Two coming October twenty sixth, which is unfortunate <laughs> between Spider Man Two and Alan Wake Two. But uh, the good news is, is they got a demo. So we'll get into the demo later in the show. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out Ghost Runner One, which I believe has been free at some point, either an essential game or an extra. Yeah, um,
0: I think it was. I think it was essential.
2: Yeah. But uh, if you haven't checked it out, you can check out this demo. I will give my thoughts a little later.
0: So, and I've talked about the first game on the show, too. It's if yeah. you like um, Hotline Miami, it's that same kind of thing. Nick will talk more. <laughs> yeah, you,
2: or out. you like a melee build in Cyberpunk. This feels a lot like that, too. So cool. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, and then next up, we got some new colors for the PS5 hardware, the controllers and the faceplates of the console. They call it the Deep Earth Collection. You get a red, a silver, a blue option that looks slightly different than the ones we've gotten before. John is shaking his head. It's so dumb. I'm in agreement. Who who
0: makes these decisions? Like, I'm not saying they look bad, but we have red. We have blue. Like, give me orange. Give me green. Give me neon yellow. I don't know. Like, why can't we get a little more creative with this? I mean, I'm not asking the world. I'm not asking the ability to customize my faceplate entirely, but I don't know, man. Like... Just seemed weird. It's it's a weird call to me,
2: right? Or link it up to another game. Like,
0: yeah, you got like oh you got a surplus of a red five over there in the warehouse that <laughs> so you just got to burn through. I don't I don't get it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean it's like we've only gotten three themed ones. We got the LeBron James, uh, God of War, and the Spider Man one, and then these these normal colors. And yeah, I haven't been. Tempted to pull the trigger on any of them yet. So.
0: No, I know, but but if they if one of those was orange, yeah, I, I probably bet this would the trigger. be a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. money on the table, Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that's unfortunate. And then next up, we got a gameplay demo of Helldivers 2, which led to its release date, which is going to be February 8th of next year. Keep that month in mind as we continue to talk about the state of play. But, uh, John, what did you think? We got to see... Uh, basically, the typical <laughs> uh, demonstration of they tried to imitate how real people play and talk while playing the game. such a flank, dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no, no, we, no, no, I'm down. So yeah, we, we had In four
2: four players tried to take on a what was it? A bile? I want to say bile gut or bile titan. I think it was bile titan. Yeah bile gut is a horizon robot (laughs) so a bile titan and uh we got to see a kind of different things as they tried to take it down including uh different weapons different types of characters and then uh using your ship to call down um a bombardment on the the insects uh what did you think of this john
0: i think it looks really high quality um i think it's going to be probably a sleeper hit next year that um, is going to iterate on what the game originally was and, and bring it to a you know a third person format, which is going to appeal to a lot wider group of people. Um, mm-hmm. I will say like. I haven't I haven't lessened on the game since it, but I feel like I <laughs> the more I think about the gameplay that they showed us, it it was an interesting choice, and I think I'm stealing some of my thoughts from Kyle Bossman. So if you're a fan of his, you might have heard these before, but it was interesting to watch that specific gameplay demo because it seems like it was a it was a lot of like okay coordination 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 getting kind of annoyed by these small bugs while we try to fight <laughs> the big bugs, and then at the end of it, you just. Sh- drop a nuke on him anyway right and so and i'm sure there's a lot more nuance to that It's probably something in you know like you don't get access to that big bomb until you get to a certain point or something you know i'm I, i'm confident in arrowhead's ability uh the developers of this game to make it fun and stuff but it was like well that does seem like kind of just like why didn't you just drop the bomb in the beginning then <laughs> well it did
2: kind of explain the loop that yeah you're getting like money to upgrade your gear and you upgrade your ship too like they showed there was images of your ship getting like more robust so i'm assuming yeah you get you know bigger bigger artillery, bit more abilities, probably the ability to call down like mechs and stuff as you progress. Yeah. And, I think if this game but, can
0: do that type of stuff well, like mm-hmm. the cuz that's you know my limited amount of time playing the first one. I do remember I, I think it was called like the paradigm system. It was something like that where you get these abilities, but it's not as simple as just like holding L2 and picking one. You have to do like an intense button prompt. Oh. Like up up down left right triangle X square circle. Okay. to sh- call it down. And I think it's just meant to kind of you know in this chaotic situation making right be a little bit more on the ball and uh, if they can if they can make those things as fun as like i get a fucking mech and you get it mech gets called down i'm in a mech suit now or right. like and just have a wide variety of that i think it could be a ton of fun and you know the uh because systems
2: that- that's a cool strategy sorry to interrupt no, you there good. but uh uh, like, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting all the button prompts in. Protect me, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, I'm, I'm gonna call down the, whatever advantage we can have, and every, if everyone can just like form up and then like protect the guy doing it, that'd be, that'd be, that that's a cool mechanic. I, yeah, that's and I,
0: I, think that's definitely the angle that they're really trying to, to uh, go for because, you know, one of the things I saw in the, in the trailer, and I know we commented on it, um, and I don't, can't recall seeing it in the past was the ability for your partner to be next to you and load your your uh, rocket launcher faster yeah. which i thought was a really cool like if you, again if you're thinking about the systems and the gameplay dynamics on an intricate level like that that's that spells a really good sign i think for the final product mm-hmm. you know because they are thinking this game seems to be very deep you know just from the initial time we saw it You know, talking about the angle of the bullet hitting the enemy. And depending on how, if it's a shallow angle, it's probably going to deflect off of them. But if it's a direct hit, you're going to damage that thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, they're thinking about this pretty in depth. And that, you know, is only going to reward the player. So I think it looks pretty good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They can make that support role fun because it did look cool. Yeah. The guy had a big like ammo backpack and he had a bunch of big rockets on the back. And he was taking them off his back and loading this guy who was you know trained on the the giant bile titan bug uh yeah if they can make those those different support roles they had a they had one person that could release a little drone that would stand there and be kind of like a little mobile turret so if they can make all those classes fun and then you know kind of s- gently massage people into working together that are not friends mm-hmm. you know that could be a really fun time and yeah like you said i think it, it looks it looks great
0: it looks fun it looks hectic and uh, i got a question for you how much is this game gonna cost, Nick? Oh
1: yeah. How much is this
0: game? going to cost? I keep cost?
2: looking. Yeah, pre-orders are live on the twenty-second, but they have not publicly said, at least in my own
0: research. I I, no, I, I haven't seen it either. And um, yeah, I don't know. It strikes me as a fifty-dollar game for some weird reason. But I also think that they're putting enough into it to be seventy. Like I just, I just, I think people need to make sure that they understand that this is going to be a, a big big product not necessarily on the same level as the first one because the first one if I recall was $30. Um, so I'm just kind of curious to see what that will be. I, I
2: wouldn't I'd set your expectations that it's a $70. I would and- too
0: I would too I just uh, yeah. you know it's it's got it's an interesting interesting thing and um final thought on hell divers is uh if this game does well i would expect sony to buy arrowhead at some point next year because this is this is a team that has the tried and true sony purchase formula which is work with them for a long period of time as a second Mm -hmm. party and then once they prove themselves you buy them so um so we'll see
2: yeah and again
0: it's you know,
2: obviously Sony has a lot of live service offerings coming up, but this one seems to be the most the most solid, it's the most materialized. Like it's about to come out, uh, it's showing very well. That you know, I think everyone's gotten behind it. I haven't heard any bad feedback, so nope. yeah, it would make sense if uh, this game is a, a runaway success that Sony invests in them because they're doing good work there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, up next, you know. They said, only focus on third-party games, but here's Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> and what we got is uh, Brian Interhar, the creative director of the game, kind of going over the basically the systems of the game. And again, if you weren't sold before, how are you not sold now as they kind of go into the, the suits, the seamless fast travel, how both characters exist in the world, and you, you know, a la Grand Theft Auto V, just kind of, you go... You can fast travel to the other Peter and then how missions will either involve both of them or one or the other. And just the seamless loading of the world has been kind of like the emphasis is like, holy cow.
0: Yeah, that was one of those like, what did I just see moments when like, yeah, <laughs> you're looking at the, the map and map form and then it you just it zooms into like into the map and, <laughs> and the little buildings and stuff, you know. Turn into them their actual selves. That was a cool moment. Yeah, and
2: that the map they showed that the map is doubling in size. They added two more boroughs, uh, Queens and Brooklyn. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit more uh, than just the the big city that we've had to deal with in the the previous game. But uh,
0: I liked what they were doing. It seems like they took an emphasis to make you want to go into the map less. Where a lot of the icons and things kind of just exist in the world yes. a little bit more fleshed out, which which yeah. I love because. You know, it's 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 fun to knock off. You know, in the standard Ubisoft style, where you're just kind of going through and checking everything off. That's cool, and I don't I don't mind doing it. But stumbling across something is always a better feeling. Yeah, it
2: definitely seems like yeah, there's a push for that natural. You know, hey, I, I am going. I'm on my way to go do a mission on, that's on the map, but I'm keep getting distracted by all these things that are just naturally coming to me. Um, and that's shown there. And then on top of just this gameplay overview, a bunch of previews went live as the press seen it there's multiple playstation blog articles Oh my God, i mean we're, we're here spider-man is you know and they
0: love it yeah. everybody <laughs> I, I would i would guarantee this is better than the either the first two games like i would just straight up say like you know yeah you will not be let down
1: yeah
2: again i it, our thoughts on the game are, are out there it's you know insomniac just does not fail so and this looks to be the same so again another
0: really nice showing of it yeah just i just googled spider-man 2 in the first article is spider-man 2 will include ray tracing no matter what your graphical setting is and so it's just (laughs) insomniac does shit on a different level man
2: yeah this game's gonna be huge will it be bigger than the first game yes we'll we'll see yes how how will it review that's also a good question i think i think it has a chance to be you know join the join the i think join the 90 club if everything works out but yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked to see this game at a 91 to 92 range if, mm-hmm. if you know the power of the PS5 and the fast loading really, really are the big game changer. Even though the gameplay is probably around the same as what we expect. But
0: yep, yeah, first um, one got an 88. I would, I would say 92. Mm-hmm. Also, that would be my guess. Yeah. So. Seems to be the year of the 90s. So
2: again, we probably won't talk about this game again until it is out, and then we'll have our impressions. But October 20th will be here really quick. So sweet. All right, next we got a a weird one. We got an expansion for Tales of Arise called Beyond the Dawn. It is coming November 9th. Beyond the Dawn? Beyond the Dawn. The Dawn? Dawn. (laughs) Dawn. Yeah, it's all about wieners. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) But uh, I I have not played Tales of Arise, so I don't got much to say about this, but it is odd. I think the game is over two years old at this point. It is over two years old, yeah. And it's getting an expansion, but I, I mean, a lot of people love this game. Another so.
0: 88 on Open Critic. I've I've wanted to get through this game for a long time. It's just unfortunately is is low enough to get bumped by like Zelda and, <laughs> and Elden Ring yeah. and and you know yeah. Horizon. So it's just yeah. like sorry, we'll get to you eventually. Yeah, because it's
2: a free PS5 upgrade, right? You have the PS4 yeah. version. Yep. yep. So yeah, if you're if you're interested in the game or this, again, as John mentioned, go to your
0: local <laughs> used video game store. I guarantee you, it's ten bucks right, or less. Right. Right.
2: So. Um, so, that's cool. Next up, we got our, <laughs> our returning friend, Foam Stars. Oh, jeez. It is getting an open beta. It is coming September 29th to October 1st on PlayStation 5. So, if you want to finally play the game and check it out. So, I feel je- like
0: we should play the game. I don't want to, <laughs> but I feel like we should. <sighs>
2: I just don't...
0: There's no way it sticks with either. No, that's what I'm saying. It'd almost be a disservice to our listeners to be like, "Hey, here's my thoughts on Foam Stars. My thoughts are, I don't give a fuck." Right, right, right. Even if it's multiverses
2: all over again. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like I don't know. Even in a world where I had fun with it, I just don't think I'd, I'd ever like stick with it. And I just don't. I just the game's DOA. You know, it's you know, look at Crash Team Rumble. It's gonna be in that kind of like vein. It'll come out, and it has to
0: be really good to not be. I mean, there's people positive about it. Like it won a couple game of the shows for uh, Summer Games Fest, but (laughs) it's yeah, it's it's got to have lasting power, which will be tough. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's led us to the final thing, and uh, okay,
0: yeah, you catch my breath here. Watch out.
2: (laughs) There are video game trailers. And then there are video game trailers, like trailers that just elicit an emotional response that are just doing everything right. They're showing the game at its top tier. They're showing so much of the game. And that's what this trailer did is, and then the the game is Final Fantasy Rebirth. Uh, They did end on that and we got a release date. It's coming February 29th next year, but this trailer John is one of my favorite video game trailers I've ever seen. Whoa. I pro- I've probably watched this trailer at least thirty times. <laughs> it's so good. Like not only does it really? have it has the great music first off. Like yeah. it's a remix of a Final Fantasy VII song. It's great. But then it goes to show more characters. You got Kate Sith, and Vincent. It's it's confident enough to show the 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 combat and this how characters fight together now, so you got a Barrett fighting with Yuffie, you got this funny scene where Aerith is feeding these little energy orbs to Kate Sith and he burps them out in a giant beam and then you have the summons there's two summons shown, I forget what the first one is, but the second one's Odin, you got all the classic Final Fantasy bosses you got all the classic Final Fantasy locations you have a, them driving in a big red truck you have <laughs> him riding um, different colored chocobos uh, you flying. have him. And flying. <laughs> and flying, yep. Uh, you have him riding a Segway at Costa de Sol, you know, a, a classic location in the game. And it's just, there's just so much going on. You have Cloud and Sephiroth fighting together and the bromance showing off as <laughs> they kind of do a combo together that ends with um, I don't know, longing eyes of Sephiroth looking <laughs> like at Cloud. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Thirst, thirsty eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got the you got weapons showing up. You got um, um, gold the golden saucer, this iconic video game location being shown off, and and this new engine and this new look, and it's it's awesome. And all the mini games are there. It's just they were this looks. This is a trailer that shows how confident they are in this product and how huge it is going to be. And one of the YouTube comments that I loved was like Final Fantasy VII, like could exist outside of Final Fantasy. Like, it's it's that big, it's that important, it's got a yeah. fan base that it's almost could be, you know, insert a different video game title. Because it's just the perfect... That game is perfect in so many ways, and it's so great that this, this remaster is being treated this way. Not only does it look incredible, but, you know, the new story beats that they're going to add because Final Fantasy VII Remake, kind of, at the end of that game, kind of said, from here on out, it can be whatever we want it to be. You know, all the events of the previous game do not have to happen anymore, and and you you take all this in, you take the giant package, and it's I can't believe we're getting this. Like mm-hmm. it's like if you would have told me <laughs> when I played Final Fantasy VII back in '98 or '97 when it came out that this that you know I'd be playing this now, I wouldn't believe you. It's yeah. it's a great trailer. Sorry, John. What were your thoughts on the trailer? No, no,
0: you're you're good. I think it's important you get all of it out because I I don't have the nostalgia ties to it. It's sure. Like a lot of the trailer, sure. I thought that it looked, a big part. I thought it looked great, but I don't know locations. I don't know mm-hmm. you know famous moments from the game. So for me, it was, I think it just showed off more of what I loved about the first one. You mm-hmm. know, with with it being brought to that next level that you would expect to see with a sequel. Um, you know, it definitely seems like, uh, obviously open world-esque you know Mm. i think that was a lot of discussion again after the first one was like well what are they going to do with this how are they going to treat that and so to be able to get some of those answers was nice you know the idea of flying a chocobo around i didn't have that on my bingo card (laughs) um but yeah, I, I think it looks it looks great. I'm happy that the combat is being tweaked a little bit. While well, it wasn't that I disliked the combat in Seven Remake at all. In fact, I think it was great. It's just I preferred Sixteens, I would say, to it. So like I hope maybe they kind of mix those together a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, because like towards the end of a Remake, I remember getting it felt a little button mashy, where mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't, I just just don't stay knocked down, man. I don't know what right? I'm, what's going on, <laughs> but just don't stay knocked down because you know it, it, there's. Thirty thousand damage getting flown around all over the place, but um, yeah, probably as of now the biggest release for next year that's, that has a date. Right. Um, I, in fact, guaranteed it is because what else you got? Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, it's, uh, it's it's nice to have to start seeing next year getting fleshed out a little bit to see what these big bangers are going to be. Uh, the big big games to look forward to to flesh that out. But it's got to be your most look mo- your most hyped game, right? Yeah, yeah, like it the is with style. a
2: re- with a release date. Yeah, uh, yeah, after especially after Spider Man, like this was coming yeah. out, and I, I know we touched a little bit on it last week that we kind of said is you know after Spider Man two is Sony gonna have some kind of drought of games, nope. and, then, <laughs> and then yeah, two days later it'd be like oh well, at least we're good till February, mm-hmm. you know, like to have you know two second a second party and a third party exclusive uh, in February and both of them looking incredible is like oh like the the pedals to the metal still like you think you know you're going to get through 2023 and be like oh, all right mm-hmm. and all those games I like, got done and it's like nope you know to have this game coming so soon is is great you know and i good on square enix like yeah. they're kind of having not all their releases have been hits but you know they had forspoken they've had octopath traveler and now they have and then final fantasy 16 and then now this game like and final fantasy 16 and forspoken and and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, those are big projects, and to have all those kind of hit within a year of each other is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, they're they're kind of taking a page out of Capcom's book right now where they're in this little bit of a renaissance, you know, with some leadership, I think, over there, really shepherding the the team to where they need to be. Yoshi P., you know, the director of Final Fantasy Sixteen and Final Fantasy XIV being a major part of that. Um, so, yeah, Square Enix is riding high. Um,
2: not one, according to their, squir- their uh, stock price.
0: <laughs> yeah, not according to their stock price, but, you know, I— <laughs> don't pretend to understand how the market works. I think it's all a big bunch of bananigans, but, you know, what are you going to do? Well,
2: I never understand these companies' expectations. Like Square Enix is famous for thinking Tomb
0: Raider underperformed and, you know, sold, like... Guardians and everything in the West. Yeah. But um, one thing to note about this, too, is uh, if you are... If you are a person that hasn't had the chance to play Remake yet, uh, I believe if you pre-order this game, you get access to Remake. Yeah. So and we get both of them. Yeah. So you get both of them. So if this is something, if you've just been, for some reason, haven't gotten to it, now's the perfect time. And I think we're finally going to get, this is going to be the way that our Xbox friends finally get to play Remake uh, because they have announced this is going to come to Xbox. Um, so it's like a six month thing.
2: <laughs> okay. So I, 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 okay. So I saw clickbaity articles, but I didn't look into it. Mm-hmm. They're they're saying that this game will finally come to Xbox.
0: It's, so on IGN is saying uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth exclusivity to PS5 for at least three months. So they haven't said where it's going to after that. If <laughs> See, it's, ju- that's if it's ju- what I'm talking about. No, I know, but I, that's why I said it might be a way for them to, you know, for the Xbox people to play it, hopefully, because they did say when remake came out that it would be coming to Xbox, and it just never did. So, you know, this is kind of another thing like we're like, like, is it coming or is it not? But they have said that uh, for at least three months. So it might just be PC. That might be the only other place it's going.
1: Yeah. But, yeah.
0: But. I would
2: I would assume it's going to PC, especially with the Final Fantasy 16 announcement that it's going to PC. But I I mean, I I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't I, I'm. I think we again. I don't want to be an Xbox hater podcast, but mm-hmm. but I think Microsoft would have to shell out some money to get them to want to port it there. There's some kind of some kind of deal. They have money, you know. So, yeah, and I and I know like that like when they announced Final Fantasy XIV was coming to Xbox, um, they said that their relationship's going to be stronger. So who knows? But you know, again, yeah, exclusive, exclus exclusivity for X amount of months. I just I won't buy it until I hear otherwise because, like you said, Final Fantasy VII remake was supposed to come to Xbox and mm-hmm. and never as did. of now has never has so. Um, not to say it can never happen, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, here we are. So, but uh, yeah, that kind of wrapped up the state of play. John, what what did you think? I, I <laughs> uh, what did you think? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I thought it was a really really good showing. I, every single game that they showed off had a um, exceptionally strong showing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think of um, Avatar. I think of Spider Man. I think of Final Fantasy. I you know, it it all showed games that were games I'm gonna to want to play and that, you know, have a lot of value to them one way or another. Yeah. It's a bummer to never see new announcements, but like, you know, I, I think Sony is hopefully slowly, slowly shifting the expectations of what state of plays are, where when they first got announced a couple of years ago, we just kind of had this inherent expectation to where every single time a company speaks to us, they tell us the big things. Mm. And it's taken a while to temper that, I think. But this was uh. This is exactly what I would want from a state of play. It's just updates on the the things I know. You know, maybe I would appreciate one or two announcements, but that's just a selfish thing. And then you know, <laughs> save you know, save the game awards, the Jeff Keeley opening night lives, those things for maybe showing off new products or you know the elusive PlayStation showcase that happens every one month to seventeen months. I don't know. You know, you never know. But no, I I uh, I think they did a very nice job. Um, pretty much top to bottom.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think if you listen to our podcast when we talked about the PlayStation showcase. This is the opposite of that. This is more expertly curated. The games all look better. We got release dates. We got extended gameplay demos. That's what you want from any kind of event. It doesn't just necessarily have to be a state of play. And I'm with you. New game announcements are always always, you know, going to be the bread and butter. But, you know, we're in the thick of it right now. Games are coming. Let's highlight those games that are coming. Mm And then, yeah, like you said, let's we'll flesh out 2024 when the Game Awards come. So. Well,
1: because
0: that's, that's, you know, where we still are kind of at, I feel, is like, you know, Sony has a lot to say. Not just like one or two games to announce, but they have a lot to say. And it doesn't really make sense to just drip feed that out over state mm-hmm. of play. So, you know, uh, will will a, you know, Code Red, what's, what's our, what's the DEF CON? Will the DEF, yeah. DEF CON come <laughs> back for the end of the year with the PlayStation Showcase? I don't know. You know, we'll see, but... Mm they got it they have to they have to say what first party is doing at some point like right, right I don't know when right. do they do they think that rebirth bought them enough time it probably did yeah, you know, but uh so
2: yeah, I think the game awards you know Sony has been there in the past, so you probably would expect if a game is going to release in the first six months of next year um that it will that it should be there if anywhere and then. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do like Microsoft did this did this year with a January event. So well, we we'll still
0: we still just have our poor PSVR two just limping along. Just you know Gosh. what what's the plan for that thing? What a joke! So. You know, we,
2: we may have to talk about that. Yeah, actually. at some point it's, it's getting yeah. <laughs> because yeah, the Resident Evil Four is great and all, but it's not enough. And Ghost Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters: Rise of the Ghost Lord, which looks fine, just still not still, they. they there's no first-party support, so...
0: No first-party support and no Alex. I mean, those are the two things. So. Yeah, so...
2: All right, let's move to the, over to the competing...
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know showcase. if they're like competing. I think they operate on their own vertical, but that's <laughs> well, fine. We're talking about the Nintendo is, Direct.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, same day, <laughs> I know. very much as a, the old e The head-to-head feel. competition for yep.
0: the day. Yep. yep, so Nintendo Direct, uh, we got their showcase first. Um, so we're not going to go as in-depth with this one as we did with the State of Play, being that this is primarily a PlayStation show, but we're a lover of all things video games. So I uh, just kind of wanted to go through some of these, but... Uh, Nick, do you want any, any initial thoughts that you want to get out of the way first, or do you want me to just jump right into this?
2: Um, again, I don't own a Switch. I, you know, I don't get my expectations up. It is probably what it, you know, I, when Nintendo announces something, I'm not like, oh, there's going to be a Switch 2. Like, I don't, I don't. I'm not reaching for the sky because this too was announced the day before. There's no time to think about it. And I think. You probably
0: just want to see indie games that are going to eventually come to PlayStation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I I like to see games that are also going to come to PlayStation, which there were a few here, um, which is always nice. Like, I do appreciate that Nintendo Directs do show off a lot of indie games, like a lot, a lot of indie games, Mm -hmm. including games. I really don't think they should show a lot of farm games. That seems Mm -hmm. to be the running joke that they love. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is kind of like. You know, I am excited to whatever the Switch 2 is. I will always be curious as to what Nintendo's next hardware is. But, you know, I knew that it wasn't going to be here. Right. You know, unless it was going to be coming out before um, Black Friday. Mm -hmm. Like, if it was coming out, you know, in the next two months, sure. But I... Yeah,
0: no, I mean Nintendo always likes to it to um, launch their consoles with a really big game. So right. like, and they don't have anything like that ready. And I think that was pretty obvious with this right. with this direct. My big takeaway that we got here it was about forty five minutes long, uh, was that this is the end of the Switch One's life. Um, this is this was a direct that was primarily focused on remakes, remasters, lots of Mario things, lots of little little games that they can kind of just you know, push out towards the end of the life cycle to, to keep people invested at least until the Switch 2 comes out, which all likelihood points to next year. But just want to give a couple shout outs again I'm not gonna go through every game there was 29 games shown which you know kind of surprised me when I when I saw the list but I uh, want to give us a couple shout outs shout out first to Dave the diver yeah uh, this is a PC only game that I've had my eye on for a little bit very indie very pixel based but it's uh, sitting at an 89 on open critic which always just at least points me to checking it out um, but there is a demo out for switch now so if you have a switch go check it out but basically it's one of those games um, You know, I think of Moonlighter for some reason. That's like the one that I think of where it kind of works in two different phases where phase one, you're a diver, you go out into the ocean, you have a variety of weapons. You start with just like a harpoon gun and eventually you work that up uh, and you basically get fish. You shoot fish, you collect them, you come across little things that are hidden in the world, you come across little treasure chests that unlock uh, upgrades, money, things like that. And then you take all your fish that you've gotten, go to your boat, go to a sushi restaurant that just opened up right next to you, and you basically give them all your sushi, uh, you have this very charismatic, he kind of looks like Blade, he's like a bald black man with <laughs> glasses, and he's like super cool and awesome, uh, and he, you know, uh, makes your sushi, and then you kind of act as a waiter for all the guests that come through you, you know, it turns into a little mini-game where you're filling people's uh, sake up, and like you pour it, and you gotta stop it at a certain point, and then that, that how well you do that will depend on how well you get tipped, and so it turns into this mini-game, so you can easily see the loops and uh, ways that this game will get the hooks into you, but. Only 20 bucks, so I fully intend to to play this when it comes out. I checked the demo out, it was great. Um, It's definitely a a game for me. Uh, Next, I want to shout out uh, F099. So, while it's not a game for me, I do like that Nintendo does these kind of weird Battle Royale variations. Um, <laughs> they, did, they did Tetris 99, they did uh, Mario 99, and now they're doing F-Zero 99. And while they're not for me, uh, it's free to play, it's just meant to be pure fun. And I gotta applaud that. I think that's kind of a cool way to just keep, keep kiddos, you know, who maybe don't have the ability to buy games as much as we do, kind of entertained. Sure. Um, and then lastly, just a shout out to Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, The Dark Moon. Um, I never knew the Luigi's Mansion franchise until I played the third one. And it was pure charm. Like, it, it really was kind of surprising in a lot of ways how dense they're able to pack those levels with this weird vacuum that can interact with a whole bunch of different things. And I just think it's a, a really uh, a really solid, tight game that, you know, if you're kind of in the October mood, you know, maybe check it out. But just wanted to shout those three games out. That's it? Yeah. Oh. So the other games I have to rank, or we're going we're gonna to rank these, Nick.
2: Well, oh, do, can I want. shout out some games here? No.
0: What? Yes, you can shout out some games. Go for it.
2: <laughs> I don't know how you avoided this one, but you're not going to shout out Unicorn Overlord? That's a part of my next joke show. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so so sure, go for it. Shout out. <laughs> shout out, Nick.
2: So Unicorn Overlord is the next game from Vanillaware, who did 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which is coming to PlayStation Plus Extra. As you hear this, it'll be out for that. Uh, John and I both really like that game, platinumed it. Uh, vanilla wear is known for their really interesting art style it's gorgeous uh, this looks to be a strategy game uh, that they're doing next it's coming uh, out on March 8th of next year so another 2024 game to look forward to and I, I just suggest looking and watching the trailer it's it's something different it looks like you gather your gather allies and um, kind of have like a turn-based battle mode but uh it looks interesting yeah I it's on my radar
0: it's like their attempt at like Advance Wars or Fire Emblem or something like that, maybe mm-hmm. you know that kind of style. So, yeah, so that that one definitely uh, looks to be cool. I think that they need to fire whoever made the name, but that's just me. <laughs> Unicorn Overlord. nah. but Nick, for the next little section of the Nintendo Direct, to just round this off here, I selected seven games from the t- list of twenty-nine, and okay. um, I don't have a clever title for this segment yet. Maybe you can help me uh, get a, a title for it, <laughs> but for right now, we're just gonna we're just gonna call it Rank 'em. We're just going to rank these seven games, and what I want to rank them based on is what we think their level of, let's just say, pop culture impact, right? How big are these games going to be? Are these going to be little stinkers that just come out and nobody gives a shit, or is it actually going to maybe turn into something? Or, you know, just what does your gut tell you, okay? Okay. So seven games. First one. We got Princess Peach Showtime, right? They showed off that. That's Princess Peach's debut solo game where it looks like they're taking every every idea they've ever had with every other IP that they've had and putting it into one game. So Mm -hmm. we got Princess Peach Showtime. We got Detective Pikachu Returns. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. We got Super Mario RPG. Okay, yeah. We got Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unicorn Overlord. Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Mm Mm-hmm. And Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door Remake. Oh, I know they're probably all blending into each other. List. This, is, this is everybody's list. <laughs> um. Would you like to see the list? Would that make it easier? <laughs> Which of those do you think is going to actually make waves?
2: I don't... I don't know, man. So none of them. I don't I don't I really don't think any of them are. Like as far as like selling a lot of copies or anything like that. Yeah. I really don't like I mean anything with a Nintendo character on it's going to be big. So but you know there's 5 games, 4 games in there with a yeah. Nintendo character. And I don't know. I don't <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so nothing. So they so they're uh, all going to suck.
2: No, and they're all going to be fine. I like I'm just not a big on the like you have two HD remasters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Detective Pikachu looks eh. Princess Peach Showtime could be something different and fun, but as you said, it looks like a bunch of Mario Party games plucked into a, a single-player game. Mm-hmm. You know how interesting will that be? Um, and, uh, sorry, three remakes. Super Mario RPG is also a remake. So you yeah. got three remakes in there: Super Mario RPG, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and Paper Mario. And I played Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door, and I could not remember. what Anything really? About it. Yeah, I've
0: heard. I've heard that that game is like weirdly something special. Um, definitely, like, definitely like, the best of all the turn-based Mario games.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like obviously, we 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 speak very highly of Sea of Stars. Um, this game will also, um, you know, will channel that too, but have Mario characters in it. And and those that series has been has always had good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, this is why I'm not a Nintendo guy because I just you just show me these games and they all
0: blend in.
2: Yeah, they all blend in, and I like Unicorn Overlord, but that will not move the meter at all.
0: No, I would say that. Weirdly, that'll probably be last, <laughs> right? Because that that'll have probably the mar- be the least.
2: Because the other everything else is again a Nintendo character, and Pikachu in Pokemon is big. So, sure. well,
0: do you have a do you have a clear number one? Do you have any any? Which of these games? Do you think is going to out of like?
2: Probably, I mean, the most amount of attention will probably be pre- the Princess Peach game. Okay. Like, I think that'll get the the most amount of attention.
0: Okay. But, uh, um So we're going Peach number one. Okay, number two. Um, we got Super Mario RPG, Thousand Year Door remake, Mario vs. Donkey <sighs> Kong, Prince Persia, Unicorn Overlord.
2: This is the worst segment you've ever come up
0: with. this is nick why i told you why don't we go over how you want to do this and you go whatever you want bud
2: it's just i'm not like i don't think any like I said i don't think any of the any of those games are going to move the, the meter which is why you said in the front of this that the switch is on its like way out is because that's why i think like this is not even anything to get excited for. Like, Super Mario Wonder is the biggest one, and that's not here. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, you have a bunch of remakes and, like, some hidden gems. Like, uh, Prince of Persia well, could be good, but I don't know. Right. Well, of but course, none of us know. But that's then it's <laughs> probably number six on here because it's the last. It's not, it's not a Mario title. Really? So I would. I probably would front load the original title. So Pikachu Returns, Princess Peach, and then the, all the remakes and then the games that are not Nintendo you don't
0: think RP- Super Mario RPG is gonna blow up at all I kind of have a weird feeling that that one might like like you might get some people that are gonna be like <sighs> I want intro- to introduce to it for a new generation
2: I want it to that's a great game again in the Sea of stars uh, it takes a lot of inspiration from that game yeah and it's got probably one of the best Nintendo soundtracks around um,
0: that's why yeah, I, I kind of I kind of when I look at this list I see the Mario RPG and Thousand Year Door have a chance to, like, kind of reinv- reinvigorate the that style of Mario game, especially, again, with CS Stars being as popular as it is. Um, you know, could could open a door for that. Um, I think Mario vs. Donkey Kong is going to come out like a fart in the wind. Nobody's going to give a crap. Um, Prince of Persia, I think, could be, you know, something that's multi platform, so that inherently is going to get a little bit more attention than anything else, but. Um, I, d- I think Detective... It's coming January,
2: too. Like, uh, there is something to say about when these games are releasing. Like, you know, some of these games are next year. Princess Peach is next year. Uh, Prince of Persia and Unicorn Overloader are all next year and everything else is, I think, being s- hammered in this... Well, actually, I don't know. It is a thousand-year door. Was that this year?
0: Mm, I don't know.
2: Um, I don't know. All right. I, yeah, I would probably say original titles up front. But yeah, Super Mario RPG being the the biggest one of all those remakes, because that, that is the longest amount of time between a, a game and its remaster. Um, and then after that, the normal Mario vs. Donkey Kong is probably, the, like you said, the furthest one. Mm-hmm. So, so I
1: know Super these.
2: RPG, Thousand Year Door, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and then then the non-Nintendo IPs. Cause, Poor
0: unicorn overlord. Yeah. Nobody wants to play with unicorns, man. Like, I like just, <laughs> unicorns are for little princesses. I don't. It's just a bad, just a bad word to throw into a title. <laughs> what if the unicorn is endowed with
2: huge boobies, as VanillaWare <laughs> likes to do with like, at least a character in all their games?
0: <laughs> I, first, I hope there's not actual unicorns in the game. Like, that's that's gonna be my first thing. I, there's like probably, a bunch of fantasy
2: creatures in that trailer. Yeah. Like, there's like humanoid. Um, Animals, so I wouldn't be
0: surprised, bud.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Just the idea of
0: like, (laughs) I'm just trying to think of a narrative with unicorns. We have to save the unicorns. (laughs) They're so majestic and yeah. And I mean, even in the the U of the uh, the logo has a unicorn on it. So Uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably right. But
2: well, a unicorn's like a mystical creature, like one of a kind, usually. So maybe like that. That's just another term for your main character,
0: right? I don't know. All right, well, that's all I got for the Nintendo Direct Nick, so we can uh we can move on to topic two okay. which is a little little more um industry oriented so probably the biggest news story of the past week in the video game industry has been this announcement that unity is going to start uh, a new fee a new fee process that has everybody up in arms um where basically they are going to You know, I'm just going to read from the article to kind of get a good base here. So starting on January 1st, 2024, Unity will charge a Unity runtime fee for any game that surpasses a revenue and lifetime install in the preceding 12 months. Normally, Unity personal usage is free and subscribers for Unity Pro pay $3.99 per seat. But under the changes announced today Unity Personal and Unity Pro users will pay fees if they hit $200,000 in revenue in a year and 200,000 lifetime installs. From for anywhere from 1 to a million installs, those users will pay 20 cents per install. And this is a quote from Mark Witten who is the Unity Create president. It's a price increase. It's a business model change. From our perspective, we're working on ensuring that there's an accurate exchange of value between Unity and its customers. But with that said, the price increase doesn't impact the significant majority of customers. So like I said, this has gotten the entire industry really up in a kerfluffle right now. A lot Um, of games
2: you play are made in Unity.
0: A lot of games you play are in Unity. That's right. So I actually made a list um, of some big ones. So Cuphead, love Cuphead uh Beat Saber, Love Beat Saber, Sub- Subnautica, Pokemon Go, Hollow Knight, The Ori series, Fall Guys, Among Us, Genshin Impact, Destor, Hearths, Hearthstone, Cult of the Lamb and others. Um so, you know, not yeah. just not just small little cheap games because the, the reason that Unity's so um used is that it's it's typically free, right? It's a free program um that gives you basic tools you need to to get your shit done. But with this new change in terms and services, um Lots of indie development developers specifically are not having having it to the point where we're starting to get lawsuits being threatened. We're getting people sending out open messages to one another saying don't use Unity. Uh, Devolver Digital's out there saying when you pitch us your games, please tell us what engine you're using because I think they don't want to work with these guys. And my question to you, Nick, is is how bad is this for Unity? How, how bad? <laughs> Is the only way to win back favor to pull out entirely, or what? What do you think um, well, needs to happen?
2: I want to backtrack just a little bit to last year, and I know I'm not an I'm not an iPhone user, but when you use apps, one of the the reasons they're free or Facebook or anything else is that they a lot of data is being tracked about you, and then you're getting targeted ads. And guess what? Unity is also doing the same thing. So if you created a mo- a mobile game, you can use Unity software to Put ads in your game, and Unity, you know, gets a huge cut of that. Well, last year Apple introduced app tracking transparency, which let people on iPhones sign out of this, uh, uh, opt out of this. Mm-hmm. So you, so they, Unity can't target specific ads to you, um, and can't get that that delicious data that all these companies want. You know, and uh, do you know how much that cost Unity last year? No, five billion dollars. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Their stock went down 37% uh, when this happened, and they couldn't figure out a workaround. Um, So Unity is already in a bad spot, (laughs) and I'm sure that part of this initiative was them trying to get more money on the back end, specifically like a game like, say, Among Us, right? A game that, you know, they probably got Unity for free, and then all of a sudden the game blows up, and maybe they have to pay like a one-time fee. I think you have to pay like, if you if you hit a certain like revenue, you have to pay like 14 grand or something mm-hmm. like that to Unity. Um, but a game like Among Us that has sold millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of, millions of copies, like eventually, you know, Unity's not getting any of that money and they want their cut. And so this was a move to do that. And uh, there, yeah, like you said, the the messaging is poor. The idea that This can be abused. Say I don't like a game, I'll just uninstall it, reinstall, uninstall, reinstall. Dip into their funds, or the big one. If I have a Game Pass game or a game that's on a free service, and all of a sudden people are just not—they don't even pay money to me to to download it anymore. But I'm—but I have to pay Unity every time they do, and then the fact that Unity's like—I think their initial reaction was like, "Oh, we won't go to you for Game Pass. We'll go to the person. We'll go to Microsoft for that." And it's like. Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> you think Microsoft's going to pay that? Right. Uh-uh. They'll either negotiate different deals with all these games so that they're paying for it, but Microsoft isn't going to come in and pay these install fees. I guarantee you that. Yeah. You know, they're already, you know, as we've talked about in the show, game, they take it on the nose in Game Pass typically anyway. So um, they're pretty fucked. I don't, I, I don't know, like, existing games will probably, you know, like... It's probably very hard to take, I don't know, the cult of the Lamb and be like, oh, we're gonna go put it on Unreal Engine. Yeah, like, I it's don't just, think you can do <laughs> it. Like, that sounds impossible to me. Uh, but uh, I think like a lot of these tools, they they do similar things. Just you know, just like any programming language, right? Like if you learn C Sharp and you go to Java, like you there's there's a, there's knowledge that you're gonna take that's gonna apply that it applies over both. That's just how these things work. And I think yeah, a lot of developers will probably just move to other engines probably unreal. I'm sure Unreal's real happy or Epic's really happy, so happy. that this has <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. And so other engines will are probably all going to get a boost as people move whatever any new projects to this. So
0: Yeah, I mean cuz one thing about this too is it's like it's retroactive. Right. So like any any game that's like they retroactively mm-hmm. went in and changed the terms and services <laughs> like which is just unheard of for something like this. So you know, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, um you know, some developers have had less than kind words. I pulled two that I thought were pretty, pretty, um, you know, um, showed, showed what this situation means to these people. So this is from Innersloth, uh, who are the developers of Among Us. Uh, they say this would harm not only us, but fellow game studios of all budgets and sizes. If this goes through, we delay content and features our players actually want to port our games elsewhere, as others are also considering. But many developers won't have the time or means to do the same. And then Megacrit, who are the developers of Slay the Spire, probably had my favorite one. Uh, And they say, despite the immense amount of time and effort our team has already poured into development on our new title, we will be migrating to a new engine unless the changes are completely reverted and the terms of services protections are put in place. We have never made a public statement before. That is how badly you fucked up. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's something that we'll probably, you know, stay tuned with. We'll probably get some developments and updates kind of in the future, but... It's a really bad look, man. It's a really bad... You know, maybe necessary for Unity, but I don't think they really read the room right. Um, I, Like you said, Nick, I think it was a bad rollout. I mean, uh, yesterday they did send an update at 7 p.m. saying, We have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst. The runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. So... <laughs> You know they're obviously aware. Um, how could you not be? But yeah, it's just it's just one of those. It, it seems like a slimy corporate move that just is there to line the pockets. But like you said, they're in trouble. So like it might be a, a move needed to fight for survival. It's just it's just not ever ever gonna go over <laughs> well. I don't know how you make something like this go over well, but you know, I think it could just be also a symptom of the industry right now. We see economics changing on a, on a day-to-day basis. You yeah. know, we see these different um, street or um, revenue streams and ways to do it coming in and out of focus, not really knowing what the impact is going to be long-term. And, you know, I don't know if this is a canary in the coal mine, or if this is just a one-off or what it is, but it's something to, you know, at least be focused on because Unity isn't a small player. Unity is you know, yeah. one of the big boys. And, and if they are sniffing trouble, like, what are the other companies feeling right now? Is that mm-hmm. going to reach a breaking point that could force sure. either that this is stuff that has to happen, it gets forced back onto us as the consumer somehow, or who knows? But, um, you know. <laughs> are you
2: worried about Silk Song? <laughs>
0: I think Silk Song's probably far god it doesn't matter how far along it is though because like it's just about the fees no i don't know i feel like hollow knight's probably like big enough that they can go okay we can probably absorb this in some way i don't right. really quite know they're probably um, too
2: far along anyway it's a really like that game's been in development for quite a while that i can't yeah. see them like switching engines or anything like that. No. And, and unity's probably gonna like i said they're gonna walk back everything and and I think it's more like the, the games like... Board, um
0: so. You know, I was thinking like a uh, guy on our team really likes Pillars of Eternity, right? And that's made in, in Unity. And the uh-huh. second one is scheduled for like open beta next year with like full release the year after. that That's a game that I would be like, ooh, what do you do? Like you're half 70, 75% to 90% of the way through. And like now it's mission critical time to figure out how everything works. And you're like, well, what do we, what do we fucking do? Because that is a free-to-play game. That's a All game right. that... You know, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the economics of it all, but it just seems you'd
2: adjust your revenue stream, right? Either more yeah. DLC, more, um, more things behind a paywall in a free-to-play game like that. You know, like that's yeah. You either or you charge more up front. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, but we'll see what they say, we'll and yeah, yeah, we can yeah. bring it back up when they.
0: Do you think the only way out to earn public favors is just to be like, yeah, we psych? <laughs> we, were, we were just kidding because even then it's like well we don't trust you anymore or is it right. just, it's just fucking burned right I, d- I
2: don't know i don't know like again i'm not a developer i don't know how Cause like, critical it really the tools what are think.
0: it matters what the developers think for right. them right so i think they got some they got some in to do yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so uh
2: yeah well, we can we can keep an eye on this and then bring it back up because yeah as you mentioned a lot of our favorite games are in Mm -hmm. unity so this is gonna have an effect on us at some point um so all right so moving on to the last thing is that ghost runner 2 demo again that is out now ghost runner 2 is coming october 26 coming from one more level uh john thought very highly of ghost runner and he you know he suggested to me you check it out because it's you're just a cyberpunk ninja didn't what's that and you
1: didn't (laughs) until now yeah,
2: <laughs> so I went and I did check out the demo. And so, what Ghost Runner Two is is a first person um, ninja game. Uh, you have a samurai sword. You have shurikens. Uh, you could have wall running. You have platforming. Uh, and then you have some unique abilities, including be able to hold time for uh, as much as your meter will hold for, and you can get out of the way. So if you're jumping at an enemy and he shoots a bullet at you, you can freeze time move to the side and then get in close for the kill. And um, you have a bunch of different enemy types uh, and everything's one, one hit kill. So if you get, hit, if you get shot once, if you're not looking behind you and a guy comes and hits you, you're dead instantly. And the game is kind of a, a trial and error mode where you kind of keep going into an encounter and be like, Oh, I fucked up. Try it again. Try it again. And uh, it's very satisfying. The game feels really good uh, I gotta play around with the sensitivity because when a guy got up really close to me, I was just looking all over the place like ah, because <laughs> it was too sensitive. Yeah. Uh, but it's a quick game. But one of the neat things it does is it's like instant load time. So anytime you die, boom, you're right back into the game. And I'm assuming that's how, like Ghost Runner One. Yeah. Um,
0: well, with the with the first one, they actually had a PS5 uh, update for it, so it probably. Okay. That's probably one of the main reasons. Like, we need we need to reduce the amount of time right. between deaths.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, and this is instant. Like, it's like you die, you're right back yeah. into it. And I think that's that's the only way you make the difficult mechanics work. Yeah, it's, a, it's a super meat boy thing. Because because you can go into a room with like ten guys, and that last motherfucker will get you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, fuck. But the game loads so fast. You're like, all right, let's just do it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then. You. This game does have a few encounters like that, a few platforming, a little, gr- a little rail grinding, a little um, grabbing bars to jump and all that stuff, and you have a grapple. You grapple that fucker, and you, <laughs> you, you move around the map. Um, but uh, new to this game, which I confirmed with John, is the motorcycle. And so they have extended motorcycle sections. You're kind of chasing a guy down in this demo, and... Uh, you're driving the super fast motorcycle over jumps you're you know just like batman arkham knight you're able to drive the motorcycle up walls to avoid things you can take secret shortcuts that take you through vents and then you're avoiding fans it's all very fast and frenetic and again if you make a mistake it's like boom right back to the latest checkpoint uh the checkpoints are very forgiving it's not like you have to do the entire run in one in one shot but uh yeah it's very enjoyable that it, i instantly just downloaded the first game i haven't sh- checked out that yet i'm busy with other games but uh i definitely put it on my list as something to check out and yeah it when it comes out it's only going to be a 40 dollar game so it's nice. it's it's good everything looks good it's very pretty very very noir very cyberpunky, um and uh, fully voiced there's dialogue throughout while you're playing between you and multiple characters um, I have no idea what's going on. Obviously, <laughs> it's not a game you play for story, <laughs> but I still appreciated it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with it, and I definitely suggest John, who did enjoy the first game, to check it out as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I have it downloaded as well. I haven't haven't jumped into it yet, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, Neon White had a baby with Hotline Miami, and <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those. It was for me it was a game where I was like I don't really know what to play, but I wanna play something fast and I would just jump in, do a level or two and, and call right. it good. It's a hard game to play for long periods of time because sure, it is so that. fast. Um but, you know, short experience. The first one was seven hours. I, I haven't never beaten it. You know, it's been one that I've kind of always think of going back to every once in a while when I when I have a week or two and you know, in John time. And uh yeah, glad you like it, man. I I knew you would at least di- at least dig the vibe and <laughs> right. like the cyberpunkness yeah. of it all. So
2: yeah, yeah, it's again, yeah. If you were a melee build in cyberpunk and use a sword, this is that game, you mm-hmm. know, just with the one hit kills.
0: Yeah, you yeah you you really you really it does a good job of making you feel like a badass. Quite honestly, like it's just zipping, zapping, freezing time, cutting heads off. It's visceral. It's it's good stuff, man. Yeah, That's yeah,
2: it. yeah. There, the, you face other guys kind of like you they're like ninjas and if you perfectly time um the block button uh you instant kill them and it has some cool close-up animations so you, for like that. stab
0: the katana through their head yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah you do yeah, yeah there's different yeah. variations of that yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, that it's it's very fun and I yeah, again, it's out the, the demo's out, so I really just suggest you check it out. So
0: when's the uh, do we know the release date on that one?
2: October twenty sixth. Nice. Like I said, it's unfortunately nice. between
0: right. Allen Wake Two and Spider
2: Man Two. So I'm sorry, Ghost Runner. I, I wish listed it, but I don't know when I'll get to you. I've actually yeah. after I play the first game, I might come back and check out the second game. So very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that was four things. We did it. Again, This well, it took us a long time to talk about four things, but when you got two conferences, that that's what happens. Yeah, so. State
0: of Plays will do that. <laughs>
2: so, okay, John, what teases do you got? When are you getting through Sea of Stars, man?
0: I'm trying, Nick. <laughs> I'm trying. I, my clock in-game says 17 hours, I oh, think. Oh, okay. So getting there getting there i love it still love it um i'd say you're halfway then yeah i mean and i i recently um got myself gifted a, a very nice exercise bike so i'm wondering like i've, I've tried the watch a movie <laughs> while biking i don't know if i could do a turn based turn-based game while biking maybe i don't know
2: if it wasn't for her how important the active blocking and timing yeah. was for all these bullies. like how important to you like yeah. i don't think you could do it if it was just a turn-based game where You just, you know, commanded guys, and they did what you had to, and there's not that active
0: part of it. Yeah. Uh, But
2: uh, I don't know. Give it a shot. See how you do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) no, I mean, I'm uh, still playing that. My son is addicted to neon white right now, so I'm helping him out with that. Just like his dad. Just like he really does. I should probably start being a better influence on him (laughs) because he does whatever I do. Um but no man I uh hopefully we'll just continue with that and and hope to get some interesting news topics and things to to pull at for next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will be bringing next week Cyberpunk 2.0 as it is officially coming out before the release of Phantom Liberty on September 21st. So I will be jumping into that respeccing my character which I'll be forced to do and then seeing how the game that plays. That thing that
0: they, you can like go online and log in. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they
2: have a web-based uh uh, character create or yeah spec spec builder perk builder um, online that you can check out but no I'll just wait till the full release and then I'll just I'll just wander the game and see what's changed you know um, see if I can check out some things so and then you know prepare for the imminent release of Phantom Liberty so that'll be great and then as far as Baldur's Gate three I did beat Act two I am in Act three I'm actually in Baldur's Gate. And, boy, do I have so many thoughts about this game. I was almost going to bring it this week, but uh, I knew that the state of play was going to take as much time as it did. So stay tuned for that. You know, again, one of the top-reviewed games of the year, and I'm getting toward the end. And, yeah, I have so much to say about it. (laughs) So (laughs) it is a very interesting game for console players. I I I
0: want you to give me a yes or no answer. Does this make you want to go back and play Divinity at all?
2: No. Okay.
1: okay.
0: No.
2: No, because I think one of the nicest things about this is the the cutscenes that you have voice characters and they animate and they talk to you, um, and that is, I know that is not in the older games. So, um, no, I'm gonna, but I am gonna see this through, and hopefully I can get it done before Phantom Liberty.
0: So. Yeah. So. You're a beast. You're a beast, Nick.
2: Yeah, I'm trying. oh when you put the game on easy, it's not taking me as long as sure. the people saying over a hundred hours. So yeah, um, that's fair. we'll see. Okay. All right, John. What song are we leaving them on?
0: All right. Well, in kind of a theme with Ghost Runner, uh, <laughs> game that, like I said, had a baby with it from Hotline Miami. We got Hydrogen from Moon coming in, which Hotline Miami is like really one of the very first big indie games out there so this was an Mm -hmm. important part of that everybody remembers the music from those games and um it's very good you know i think i think you'll have a hard time not bopping your head to it when you (laughs)
2: listen to it yeah i've never played hotline miami but i have listened to the entire soundtrack and so that's how i discovered moon so enjoy the song and then we will be back next week with up to six things bye guys
1: see ya